You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. I want to continue a thought uh, that I've been just, I guess, on a train of over the last uh, two weeks called While You Were. And the idea is that while you were doing whatever it is that you do throughout the week, whether you work, whether you uh, look after kids at home and make sure that your husband takes his lunch to work, whether you go to work, whether you commute on public transport or drive your car, whatever it is that you do, that Jesus can do something in your life, but also through your life. And so we've been looking at the ending of the book of Luke. And Luke finishes with five things. He finishes with the resurrected Jesus, and then four stories, four stories of people who were doing normal, everyday, expected, mundane things. And it was in those normal, everyday, expected, mundane things that the resurrected Jesus shows up and miracles occur. The first story that we looked at was the woman, uh, was the two women going to the tomb to bury Jesus. We saw how um, they took spices to the tomb and it was a normal, expected, mundane day for those two women to go and bury Jesus. It says that as they were going to the tomb, they were discussing who's going to roll away the stone. It was a normal thing to talk about. And it was in that moment where they were burying a dead person, doing a normal, expected thing in a graveyard that they experience Jesus and they find a resurrected Jesus. And the point of that week was that you know, no matter what kind of empty, uh, sorry, no matter what kind of tombs are in your life, when you meet the resurrected Jesus, he empties those tombs, right? No matter what kind of dark places are in your mind or your heart, when you encounter Jesus, the tomb gets empty. The second story that Luke talks about was the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And in that story, they were doing something so normal, so expected, so mundane. They were traveling from point A to point B. They were walking and talking, just like you do. Luke says that as they were doing that, Jesus shows up in conversation, but they don't recognize Jesus. They then go and have a meal with this guy who's a stranger. And it's during that meal that they recognize that that person that they were walking with was Jesus himself. And the point of that was this, that no matter while you were doing whatever it is that you do, no matter the most expected things that you do, the most mundane things, Jesus walks the journey with you. So now we're going to go to, to, to the, to the uh, third story. And the third story that Luke talks about, such a mundane, expected, normal story that you and I can relate to. He finishes, um, he starts his third story ending with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. We spoke last week about how they had had this meal and then in that moment they recognized Jesus and Jesus disappears. So we're going to start off from there. Jesus disappears. It says this in Luke 24, um, while you, tonight we're going to call it while you were preparing a meal. While you were preparing a meal. And we see it in Luke 24, verse 33. It says this. They got up that very hour on their way back to Jerusalem There they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him um, as he was breaking the bread. And And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, Jesus said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking that they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, Jesus asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubts? Look at my hands, look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. 
touch me and make sure that I'm not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. He spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it as they watched. I want to unpack three things. Once again, this story has so much content in it, but I just want to, uh, to take us on a journey tonight. I just want to unpack three things for us. First thing, thing that I want to unpack is um, they got up that very hour. We're going to look at the two disciples and then them getting up straight away when they recognized it was Jesus. We're going to look at that. The second thing that we're going to look at was it says that Jesus was suddenly standing there. I don't know about you, but I want to have some more moments where Jesus suddenly rocks up in my life. Yeah. Then the third thing that we're going to look at is Jesus wants to eat. And so they got up, Jesus was suddenly there, and Jesus wants to eat. I believe that this year, that while you were doing whatever it is that you do, God wants to feed people through you. God wants to feed people hope. God wants to feed people healing. God wants to feed people light, life, and increase. That's what I believe tonight. And so tonight, while you were preparing a meal, you know, we all eat. We all know how to prepare a meal, or at least pay someone who who prepares a meal for us. If we don't prepare one or don't pay someone, then we don't eat, right? We all know how to prepare a meal. And so tonight, while you were preparing something for God to move through you, God moves. So first thing is this, get up. The disciples get up. In Luke 24, 33, it says, they got up that very hour on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them. To understand the importance of this, we need to understand what's happening back in Jerusalem. When Jesus comes onto the scene, he's this chosen Messiah. People start calling him things like Rabbi, Messiah, teacher, all these things. But what what they were looking for most was this Messiah, was this person to, I guess, form a posse, form this uh, a group, this band of brothers to fight the oppressive army of Rome, to kick Rome out of uh, Jerusalem, out of Israel, and to make Israel great again. And so people were putting all of their hope on Jesus to be this Messiah, to, to create this band of, of zealots, of, of people to knock out Rome, but the problem was that Jesus got caught and Jesus got killed. And so what happened was you had all these people that were following Jesus, thinking that he was gonna be this political uh, 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 leader, but then he gets killed. You could imagine all the disciples then scattering. It's why we find these two disciples on the road to Emmaus. They're getting out of Jerusalem. And there's all these disciples back in Jerusalem who are down, who are out, who are sad. The Bible says that they're plotting against life. I wonder if you have been in a situation in your life where you've ever plotted against life, where things have been dark, things in your mind have been maybe tormenting, you know, things that you're experiencing and they make you plot against life. This is what's happening with the disciples. They're in this dark, uh, hopeless place back in Jerusalem. These two on the road to Emmaus are in this sad, depressing place. But then they encounter Jesus. They encounter Jesus. And what's interesting is this, that when they encounter Jesus, they don't continue doing whatever it is that they were doing in Emmaus. 
they didn't just go to Emmaus just because. You don't just go for a walk a long way for nothing, right? Unless you're Forrest Gump, but you don't do that. So they must have been going to Emmaus for some reason. What's interesting here is that when they encountered Jesus, whatever it was that they were doing in Emmaus, they put to the side. And it says that immediately, or at least at that very hour, they got up. They got up and they went. There's a leadership proverb that says this. It says that success is found at the crossroad of preparation and opportunity. And so when you prepare yourself, an opportunity comes. That's where you find success. I think the same thing happens in the, I guess, the idea of spirituality or the idea of Christian mission. I think that God moves to us more and certainly much better when we're at the crossroads of preparation and opportunity. At the uh, preparation and opportunity. I remember um, my first year as being a youth pastor. Um, In fact, it was my first month as a youth pastor. One of my young guys come to me and said, Pastor Tim, my granddad's dying. He's got terminal cancer. Can you come pray for him and maybe talk to him about about Jesus? And me being the the new youth pastor, I said, sure, you know, it's a little bit uneasy. I've never done that before, that kind of stuff, but, you know, sure, I'll do it. And so I remember I went to the hospital, sat at this hospital bed, and, and in that moment, I wish that I could tell you that I spoke about Jesus and led this guy to Jesus, but I didn't. I found myself at the hospital bed very unprepared at what I was seeing, lying in the bed, and we had a great conversation. We talked about his life and all the good things that he did. We talked about how nice his grandchildren were. You know, we talked about, you know, uh, fun things, but I wasn't prepared. I didn't know how to introduce the topic of Jesus and eternal life. A week later, that man died. And for so long, it plagued me, man, what if I was the last one? What if I was the last one to be there to maybe talk about Jesus to this guy? Years later, I found myself in the same hospital at a similar kind of bed, sitting beside a bed of a guy, a good friend of mine, who was dying of lung cancer. The journey that God had me on was that after that experience, I made a vow that I was never going to be unprepared. That when an opportunity came my way to do that again, I'm going to nail it. <laughs> I'm going to get up. And like, you know, and so I, I sat down with this bedside. We talked about Jesus. You know, I led this guy to Jesus on the, dead bed, on the deathbed. A couple of weeks later, he had passed away. The point is this. There was a time in my life where I was not prepared. I couldn't get up. I was in a slumber. I was sitting on that chair at the bedside and and, and I couldn't get anything out. I couldn't get up. There was someone who was waiting for hope. There was someone who was waiting for some good news, but I couldn't get up and give it. Second time I could. Here's the point. These two disciples in Emmaus, they've experienced Jesus. They've had this encounter with God. The Bible says that the whole day, Jesus was teaching them about the things of Moses and the things of the Bible. And they had experienced this encounter with God. In Jerusalem, however, was this group of people who were hopeless, who were lost. The Bible says they were plotting against life. They had nothing to hope for. These two disciples, though, this, instead of staying in Emmaus and doing whatever it is that they were doing there, they got up and they went. If you want to be used by Jesus this year, the first thing that you need to realize is this, get up. 
Don't stay where you are. Get up and step out. You need to know that there's people in your world who are, they're looking for hope. There's people in your world that are looking for good news. There's people in your world that are looking for light and dark situations. And if you've had an encounter with Jesus, you've got that. First thing is, get up. They could have said it Emmaus, but they didn't. They could have been about their business or busyness, but they didn't. They got up and they saw the power of God move because they got up that very hour and they went to people who hadn't yet experienced Jesus. So they go to Jerusalem and they give this great news. Then it says this in Luke 24, 36. It says, and just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. I don't know about you, but man, I want more of those moments in my life where while I was doing whatever it was that I was doing, Jesus suddenly shows up. Jesus suddenly shows up wherever I am, whatever I'm doing. In 2 Kings, we shared about this last week, there's a story of the Israelites, uh, some Jews were burying their friend. And it says that this gang of uh, Moabites were coming to attack. And so what they did was they just threw their friend into any tomb that they could find to take off so they didn't get attacked. The Bible says that the tomb happened to be the tomb of Elisha. It says that they threw the body in and ran. And as the body tumbled down into the tomb, it says that it hit the bones of Elisha. And at that moment that it hit the bones of Elisha, boom, life comes back to this body. In that moment, suddenly, life comes. I don't know about you, but I want that kind of life when when people touch me, when people have an encounter with me, when people have a conversation with you, when people experience who you are, bang, life comes into them. Just because you're there. I was commuting on the train uh, once, and... Uh, it was full, this guy was sitting next to me and I just thought, you know what, I'm here, I'm a Christian, I'm going to talk to this guy. So I start talking to this guy and very quickly within a few stations I find out that this guy really, you know, was going through a divorce and kids didn't like him and had turned to alcohol and in a short space of time I just started talking to him about Jesus and how Jesus, he's, he's the great friend, you know, he's the breaker of loneliness how Jesus is the great deliverer. You know, how we don't need to use all these other things to try and fill the void. But in Christ, we can, have, you know, we can be filled up. In a short space of time, I got Jesus in there. And you know, we, prayed the, we prayed together. The guy asked Jesus into his life and uh, he lives on the north side of Brisbane. So got him into a great church. But he got off the train and I just thought, you know what? That's what the Christian life is about. Wherever we are, Whatever we were doing, I was just commuting. That's all I was doing. I just took my headphones out of my ears and looked around and said, Lord, who do you want to speak to? And it was in that moment that someone has an encounter with God. One of my best mates was at a shopping center in Brisbane a few years, uh, a couple of years ago. And he was just shopping and this lady walks up to him and, and says, excuse me, sir, are you a Christian? He turns around, he's this big guy, he turns around, this old lady, he was like, what? She goes, are you a Christian? He says, oh, Yeah. Like, like, how do you know? Yeah? And she goes, can your God fix this? She pulls her hand out of her pocket and she's got this shriveled arm. He told me that when she pulled it out, he was like, run. (laughs) 
But she got in first. She said, can your God fix this? And he said, sure, why not? And so he just touched her arm and just started to pray. As soon as he touched her arm, she squealed, screeched, cried, yelled. And all these people started rushing through the aisle, security guards coming through the aisle because the woman was going mental. He was a big guy. She was a little old lady. He did what anyone would do in that situation. He took off. Not until he realized what had happened. As soon as he touched that lady's arm, it started to grow back. In the middle of Woolworths, someone said, are you a Christian? He said, sure, why not? And this person had an encounter suddenly with Jesus. When people encounter you, do they encounter life? When people encounter you, are they encountering the presence of God? When people encounter you, are they encountering power? Because as soon as this body touched Elisha's bones, the dead man revived and jumped to life. Oh God, my prayer is that when people have an encounter with me, when people have an encounter with you, that they would jump to life. That something in them would just explode with hope and with health. Acts says that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be a witness. I want that kind of suddenly in my life. That while you were doing whatever it is that you do, even your shadow has power. Pray that kind of prayer. It's a story in the Bible where the disciples are walking past and people are just trying to get into their shadow. Just to get into their shadow. Man, I wonder how many people in your life that just want a conversation with you. They just want to have a chat. They just know there's something different about you and they just want to get in your shadow. Jesus suddenly was there, power, and he asks for food. The two disciples in Emmaus, they encounter Jesus and they get up. And instead of being caught up in the busyness of their life, they go back to Jerusalem where there's people in pain. They've been prepared because they spent the whole day with Jesus learning about the Bible. So they're prepared. The opportunity now to go back to Jerusalem. They go back to Jerusalem and they start talking to these people. And bang, Jesus suddenly shows up. Hey, prepare and look for opportunity. But then this happens. Jesus then asks for food. They stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it as they watched. They had an encounter with Jesus. Jesus showed up and then Jesus wanted to eat. I want to introduce you to the scariest scripture I think there is in the Bible. Um, in fact, I think this should terrify most Christians, I think. It's the scariest, certainly the most scariest, I think. We find it in Matthew 25, it says this. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Check this out. Then they will reply, 
Lord. Okay? Um, not many non-Christians call Jesus Lord. Okay? Who calls Jesus Lord? Christians. Okay? And so you've got Jesus here talking to Christians. It says, um, then they will, will reply. It doesn't say that he or she. It says they. This is a community. This is a group. This is the church. Jesus says, hey, I asked for food and you didn't feed me. And the church then says, look, when do we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth, when you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. Jesus in Luke asks for food and he gets fed. Jesus in Matthew asks for food and he didn't get fed. Here's the thing. Now that we are in Christ... We must, uh, we must see Christ in humanity because Jesus died for all. So all is now in him. Our responsibility, as soon as we have an encounter with Jesus, our responsibility is to nourish that humanity that Christ died for. Meaning this, when we see a need, we become an answer to that need. When we see a need, we become a nourishment. When we see a need, we become that proverbial food. Here's the big question. Who in your world is asking for hope? I hope that you know that answer. If you've had an encounter with Jesus here tonight, if you call yourself a Christian, I hope that you can see the people in your world that are hungry for hope. Who in your world is asking for healing? Step out. Pray for people. Who in your life is asking for life, for light, for increase? Who in your world is asking for meaning? Who in your world is asking for answers? Who in your world is asking for clarity? Here's the thing. You have all of that. You have all of that. Can I get the band up, please? The two disciples on the road to Emmaus They have an encounter with Jesus. And instead of being caught up in the busyness of life, they could have just kept doing whatever it was that they were doing in Emmaus. If they did though, they would have missed Jesus suddenly showing up. I've been there in my own life where I've been caught up in the busyness and I missed Jesus showing up. I've also been prepared and had opportunity. And in that moment, Jesus suddenly showed up. Luke's story is my story. My story is your story. Your story is our story. You good, bro? If you want to have an effective resurrection experience, an effective Christian witness, the first thing, get out of that slumber. Get up. Get up. Move. Stop being distracted by the busyness of whatever it is that you do. Still do whatever it is that you do. Still do it. But do it with an awareness of God, right? It's in those moments then that Jesus suddenly shows up. And because you've prepared yourself, 
you see the opportunity. Jesus suddenly comes. And here's the thing. When Jesus suddenly comes, someone always gets fed. When Jesus suddenly comes, someone's thirst always gets quenched. When Jesus comes, someone who feels lonely always finds a friend. Here's the thing. When Jesus suddenly shows up, those that feel imprisoned find breakthrough. And it always comes to a disciple who got up, goes to Jerusalem to hurting people. Let me pray for you. Lord, we thank you for this story in Luke. Lord, and uh, it's kind of our story. We've got these tombs in our heart and in our mind, and when we have an experience with you, they're empty. We're free. We're free from unforgiveness. When we're on that lonely road, hurt, doing whatever it is that we do, you're working there with us. You're beside us. And God, we know that you've called us. You've given us authority and power for a reason. And that reason is to find people who are hurting. So I pray of all of us right now that we would be a people, that we would be a community that knows what it is to get up. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we know that you love the city of Ipswich. And Lord, we do too. God, and we come against the things, the distractions that the enemy would place on this city. Lord, those things that would tear our community apart. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would use us. Use us to bring hope. Use us to bring healing. Use us to bring light, life, and increase into this city. God, because we know that you love it, and we do too. So Lord, this week, we're gonna get up so that you can suddenly move and so that people can find that nourishment in this place that they, that they need. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast.